Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Across the metro area, residents of both Missouri and Illinois should start expecting a letter that only comes once every 10 years. Forms for the 2020 census are expected to begin to arrive today. So why should you fill them out? And how might the coronavirus affect things? Will anyone actually open their door to a stranger during this anxious moment? Joining me in studio to talk about those things and and answer some of our questions is Alex Rankin. She's the Interim Director of Health Policy for the Missouri Foundation for Health. Alex, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. And if you're listening and you have questions about the census, we want to encourage you to join us in this conversation. You can give us a call at 314-388 that's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So Alex, let's start with the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. Why should we bother to fill out these forms that are beginning to show up in our mailbox today? Sure. So the 2020 census is crucial for three big reasons. First, it determines our distribution of federal resources that we as a state and communities receive for hundreds of spending programs that, you know, improve the health and well-being of our communities. Give me a couple examples of those kind of programs. Sure. So examples include things like funding for Medicaid, funding for um, food stamps and, um, you know, other safety net benefits, but it also goes to funding for infrastructure. So things like um, highway planning and construction grants, um, early Head Start, really things that all of us across the state, you know, use day to day. Um, And so it's really crucial that we are counting everyone um, in the 2020 census to make sure that we're not shortchanged for a a decade. So what if I decide to just sit this one out? I'm not going to fill my form out. How much um, is the St. Louis area or Missouri down because I've failed to participate? Sure. So um, it was estimated that for every person uh, we failed to count in Missouri, and that's every adult and every child that we failed to count in 2010, we lost out on about 1300 dollars per person per year. Hmm. So, you know, when you're thinking about the the decade-long impact, that's really $13,000 um, per person if that goes uncounted. So if a family of four sits it out, you can you can multiply that. You can do that math. I can't do that math. <laughs> but that would get you to a point where this is a chunk of change here. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really very significant. I mean, even if we just uncounted 1% of Missouri's population, we're, be, we're leaving $78 million on the table. And I know we could all think of great, you know, benefits and resources that our communities could use that, that money for. Yeah, it seems like St. Louis would probably find a way to spend this money and the state would find a way to spend this money were it to come in. Yes, absolutely. So we have to make sure that everyone understands that, hey, yes, the census is is here now, finally, um, and we can all respond in, in very easy ways. So the money is one thing. I know this also plays a role in political power. How does that work? Yes, it does. Um, the census population counts are used to determine congressional apportionment, which then goes to the number of votes we get as a state in the Electoral College. Um, and then data is also used for redistricting at the state level as well. So it's truly, you know, our voice. If you're not counted, you're not counted as part of the voice. Okay. So there's some reasons to do this. And at the same time, we're all in this state of anxiety. Yes. Um, Everybody's trying to avoid social contact with anybody that they can avoid. So it seems like a random stranger showing up at one's doorstep, probably the last thing some people want. Um, What happens if people just don't want to open their doors? Is there a way around getting a visit from a census worker? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, we are actually in the self-response phase for the 2020 census. And that runs from now until 
until, you know, through the end of April. And that's when the census is actually reaching out to households by mail, and they will give instructions about how you can respond online, over the phone, or, you know, through a paper form that you'll eventually receive if you don't respond in one of those other ways. So right now, everyone should focus on trying to self-respond so that you don't have to get a visit from a Census Bureau employee. You know, you can really just respond in, in 10 to 15 minutes from the comfort of your couch. So if you take care of this, nobody is going to come by your house. Yes. Um, generally, unless there's a lot of, you know, gaps in, left in the form. But yeah, I mean, if you take care of this on your own, um, you are less likely to get a visit from any Census Bureau employee. So let's talk about those gaps in the form. Say that they're asking um, a question that I just don't want to answer. Can I just leave that blank? Sure. So the the Census Bureau really wants everyone to fill out the form as accurately and completely as they can. You know, that being said, I think if you leave five questions unanswered, you're more likely to get a visit. If you leave one question unanswered, I'm not totally sure that the Census Bureau has the capacity to go and follow up with every single person. Okay. So I may be able to skip one here or there. I know you guys have looked at this. What are some of the questions that people tend to be a little bit leery of of answering? Yeah, so we did some research in Missouri specifically, and and one of the questions that we found uh, is that the Census Bureau on the form will ask for your phone number, Mm -hmm. and Missourians really don't like that. But what we can say is that they ask for your phone number mostly for verification purposes. So if you do leave a question blank or you have your age and your birth date don't match, they will try to call you before they ever try and visit. So I would say increasingly now um, putting your phone number on the form is really important. Um, They also cannot share any of the information um, with anyone, including other agencies in the federal government. Um, So they certainly can't share your phone number with anyone. And when you say they can't do that, um, it feels like people are always telling us, I'm not going to share your Mm -hmm. your phone number. I'm not going to do this or that. And many people have let us down in the past. What kind of assurances do we have here that this this is a rule they need to follow? Sure. So there's actually federal law that prohibits the Census Bureau from sharing any information beyond just the Census Bureau. Um, And there are federal penalties and and felonies that go along with sharing. Um, And that is really important to reiterate because, you know, the Census Bureau will hold on to your information for 72 years before then it's released. Um, And no information that you ever put on a form can ever be used against you in any kind of legal proceeding or in any way. We're talking to Alex Rankin. She's the Interim Director of Health Policy for the Missouri Foundation for Health and making a really good argument that you should fill out that census form. And it sounds like when we say the form is coming, the form is either directing us to online or to the phone. This is not something that we're supposed to, to fill out and mail back in. So for 95% of the households, what you're going to receive you know, starting today and over the next couple of weeks are postcards and instructions that tell you to respond online or by phone. They will continue to send you follow-up mailers, and on probably your fourth mailer, if you have not responded online or on the phone, they'll send you a paper form that then you can send back. So you can do that if you sort of wait them out. Yes. But they're trying to get away from that, it sounds like. Yes. Um, and it's it's also better for getting accurate and timely information, um, and they're also uh, able to track it online this year for the first time. So uh, they will have 
uh, daily kind of tracking for, you know, what areas are self-responding, what areas are maybe falling behind. And so doing it online or by phone actually uh, helps that process. So say there's somebody who just is ignoring all these entreaties and finally they get to a point that someone's knocking on their door. How can we verify that the person there is actually a census worker and not just someone trying to steal our data? Right. So there's a couple things that you can look for. Um, First, anyone working for the Census Bureau should have a valid ID that includes an expiration date and a watermark for the U.S. Department of Commerce because that's where the Census Bureau uh, sits under. They should also have, um, you know, either a laptop bag or some other kind of uh, gear that has the Census Bureau logo on it. Um, And they should have a letter that explains why they are there at your address from the Census Bureau. Um, There are numbers to call online. You can go to 2020census.gov and find those numbers if you're not sure and you just want to verify. Okay. So there are ways, even as that person is standing there, that that you can look into this and, and make sure they're the right person. So bigger picture, we've been talking a little bit about coronavirus today, and that is affecting where a whole lot of people are living right now because Mm -hmm. of college students. Um, The census wants to know who's living where as of April 1st. And right now with college students being told not to come on campus, um, if these local colleges don't reopen by then, what kind of impact could that have on St. Louis's count? It feels like these college students really add to our population in a good way. Right. So uh, the census Bureau is actually working to get out clarification and talking points now about this issue. But they really want people to understand that this is sort of a unique situation where college students should continue to be counted where they usually eat and sleep and live. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and normally if that's on a college campus, that should be counted as part of a college campus. So if you would anticipate being there in a normal April 1st situation, that's where your census uh, form should be tied to. Yes. And I know that universities are also working to get out some information. Some have sent emails to, to parents just clarifying that, hey, you know, if you're if your child does live on campus normally, you know, please don't count them on your form. Um, what I'll say is if they do get counted in both places, uh, the Census Bureau does have a process to verify duplications um, and make sure they're counted right. But I think if we can try to maintain the fact that, like, hey, you actually should be counted on campus, um, I think that could help go a long way. And, and at the same time, there's so many people canceling things mm-hmm. um, because of these fears. Is there any talk about moving or changing the census as a whole? Um, I think they're looking at that now. Just yesterday, the Census Bureau had announced that they had created an internal task force um, to look at the operations moving forward, specifically um, during the next phase of non-response follow-up, so after that self-response phase. Um, I think they will monitor and see how they might need to change enumeration um, going forward. But right now, um, I don't think it's it's changed. Okay. So they are going to move forward uh, to the latest knowledge that we have right now. Yes. Could change. <laughs> um, and if there are changes, I imagine that's something that um, that would be covered on the, the census uh, website. Yes, it would it would be on the census website. And we would also, you know, put things on our website and our social media. Um, but mffh.org slash census is our Missouri Counts campaign website. So if there are, you know, drastic changes, we'll certainly update people. And if anything changes in the near future as well, that's something that um, St. Louis Public Radio yes. uh, plans to be on. So you can check back on our website as well. Um, one other political 
political hot potato I wanted to ask you about. I know there was a big fight earlier this year um, about whether or not to ask for immigration status on these forms. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just been so much news this year. It's been hard to stay up on things. What was the resolution of that debate? Sure. So um, originally, the Census Bureau was thinking of adding a question about citizenship and immigration status. And um, that actually went through an entire court process. And since then, the administration has decided to not include a question on citizenship question uh, on citizenship status. Um, so if you're an immigrant, um, you're here in an undocumented way, that's not going to come up. It is not going to come up. And again, the information that is put on the form, even though they're not asking that, the rest of the information can never be used against you in a legal proceeding. It can't be shared with any other agency in government. Um, so it's really important to get out that this is safe, secure, and confidential. In your work on this issue, trying to get people to fill this out and to be counted, um, who tend to be the communities that are that are hardest to count in this um, greater St. Louis area? Yeah, so communities that are historically undercounted are communities of color, um, immigrant populations, or people that are non-English speaking. Um, Kids are actually one of the hardest to count populations. Hmm. Um, nationwide in 2010, we missed out, out on around a million kids. Um, that's because they also tend to fall in some of the other categories of hard to count, but also because people just don't think, you know, oh, I should also count the littlest one. Hmm. Um, so we want to reiterate that, yes, you count your kids and your babies, um, you know, because that $1,300 that I mentioned earlier, that's for, for little ones, too. Um, and a lot of those programs go back to helping kids. So my big takeaway is count everybody in your household except someone who would normally be at college. Yes. All right. I think I got this. So hopefully our listeners are following that as well. Um, if you have more questions um, about the census, you might want to check out their website or check out Missouri Foundation for Health. Those letters should be coming in the mail beginning today. So Alexis Rankin, a Director of Health Policy for the Missouri Foundation for Health, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.